0: Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning. <clears throat> the one that, as Christians, we've come to love and adore. And that shows in many aspects of life. It shows because that's why you're here. Because you want to worship Him. And you want to get to know Him better and follow Him better. Uh, you know, and so I know it's a Christmas time of year. And I, I love this time of year personally. I and mean, I don't need cold weather to, to make me happy. But. Still, this time of year, we can commemorate God coming down in flesh. And I know that this could be called Christmas Sunday, but I know you can come here uh, Friday evening or next Sunday, and I thought you probably don't need so many Christmas sermons. So I, I, this is more of a last-of-the-year type of sermon that I want to give because it's an encouragement I need, and, and maybe you could be blessed by this encouragement. Also, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 4:4. And, you know, that's uh, Matthew 4 is where Jesus was tempted by the tempter. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's interesting. Jesus said, you know, uh, you like bread and people, you still like bread. I mean. You know, do you smell that food? My stomach already started. Well, you know, it was just a natural uh, drawing and craving and stumbling. I mean, stomach grumbling, if I get it said the right way. That, uh, you know, it, it, but he said, look, you know, every word I'm saying is from the mouth of God. You know, there's something more important by a, long, by a good bit than uh, it, it, it's, it, if we're going to live spiritually, we have to love Jesus' words. We have to love him. In fact, I think it shows a lot in how we adore him. We say we adore him. You know, but Jesus doesn't want us just to sing good songs. You know, how much do I really adore him? <clears throat> I read a clipping, and, and clippings are, are great and they're nice. They can say a lot of things. Now they're just a verbiage until you get to the heart of what is being said. And so this clipping said talk was referred to the Bible. The Bible is the only book that reveals the mind of God. I've heard people say, and I like this saying, no, this isn't part of it, okay. But when you read the Bible, you're reading the voice of God. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, because, you know, you, uh, God isn't, Jesus isn't here talking to you, per se, in the flesh, okay, in flesh. But now in the form of the Holy Spirit, he might be speaking loud and clear, for all I know. But I do know also, when he speaks to his word, it's loud and clear too, right? And it's the voice of Jesus, his voice of God working through Jesus because he talked through Jesus, okay? It reveals the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, the happiness or joy of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts bindings, binding, its history true, and its decisions Immutable. It contains light to direct, spiritual food to sustain, and comfort to cheer. Man shall read it to be wise, believe it to be safe spiritually, I add, and practice it to be holy. He should read it that it might fill his memory, rule his heart, guide his feet in righteousness and true holiness. He should read it slowly, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly, devotionally, and study it constantly and industriously. You get that? And there's a lot being said here. It is a mine of wealth, paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. It is given you, it is given you in life, will be opened at the judgment, and will be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, will reward the greatest labor, and condemn all those who trifle with its sacred contents. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful to realize that even though Jesus come down to earth and to live among men and to show us God in the flesh, how we can live, how we should live after him, and, and that he kept it down through the ages. It, 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 it wouldn't have had to have been recorded. And if it was recorded, it could have been demolished. I mean, it couldn't have been in God's plan, okay? But the anyway, other book is is is... It, able to be eradicated it's never been eradicated and he said look here you have the words of life you have the words of life in your hands and that's that's miraculous that's that's just amazing i'd like to read a couple verses 2nd timothy 3 starting at verse 14 2 timothy 3 verses 14 to 17 but continue in the things in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned him. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now. Everyone that's here is born and raised in a good Christian home has tremendous blessings, and I think we know that. But it's still good to think of it because it said, you know, you've heard it, the words of God when you were a little boy you were, you, uh, or a little child, and it, what a tremendous uh, blessing and to know that you've learned them from your parents. And i tell you, if you're here and you weren't born and raised in a Christian home, you can still read the Bible. You can still hear the word of God and be one of his children. I praise God for that. He don't care where you're born. He cares how you're living today. And that's a real blessing. And he said, so from a child, you know and in this, this scripture and it's able to make you wise until salvation. How would you know without the Bible how to be born again? How would you know to be born again? Or a new creation in Christ Jesus? We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. We might try, well, you know, I, I should go to church every day. Well, that ain't good enough. Maybe I have to go to church every evening of the week. I don't, you know, we wouldn't know. But we know because of the Bible. And then it says some of the, uh, of the attributes of the scripture because it's given by the inspiration of God. And that means it's, it's God-breathed. It's inspired by God. You don't need to challenge it. In fact, only a fool challenges the word of God because it is truth. It is now. We might not be able to understand it. God knows that, because He knows you just have a human mind, and guess what? He has the mind of God. Okay, and those are just so uh, hard to fathom. So He knows the, the beginning from the end. We don't. can't even analyze the past well. I know mean, there's a lot of people that can't pa- analyze the past well, and I sit fit in that bracket too. Oh, but one thing you can know that God loves you. He wants us to serve him and wants to walk with you and help you do right. You know that. Hey, that's a good knowledge. We have that. That's a lot of things. What he goes on to say, it is given that inspiration of God and it's profitable for, uh, for a number of things. Now, I read uh, another translation goes, says all scripture is god breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I don't know how you read the Bible, but there's uh, uh, a lot of ways to read it. And some of my I've heard said, Oh, I'm reading the Bible, so what are you looking for? Said, I'm looking for excuses. I'm looking for loopholes. And you know what? The devil, the devil can do that for you. You, uh, you can sit there and you can uh, look, read the Bible for the wrong reason. But he said, it's possible for doctrines. The teaching is to teach us. We all need good teachers. And we all need to be good students, especially of the Word of God. And he said, but you know, what does it do when it teaches us? Why it says it's profitable for reproof. Well, now, why would we need reproof? Because we're human. <laughs> we need to, something. We need to change our ways. We get to repent. I mean, it's blood of Jesus. We get to be reproved. And for correction, that means redirected. We might be going down some rabbit trail spiritually. You ever done that? Anybody has been down the road very far has done that. And you know, and you said, okay, you know, whoa, this is not leading me where I want to go. That's what the Bible does for us. And so it's good. It's good people. Because, you know, I don't see too many people saying, and I'm not sure I've too good at this myself. Oh, God, I I just want to read you. I I just love that rebuke. Yeah, I just love, I just love. Well, you know what? Praise God, we don't have to love going our own way. Selfishness is not godly, you know? And so when when God, through his word and his Holy Spirit, he turns us around and says, hey, you should not be doing that. You ever heard that? Maybe not that loud and clear, but (laughs) maybe God intended to be that loud and clear, but we don't get the message quite straight sometimes. Uh, That's what the word is for. It's wonderful. If you read the word of God and we soak it up and we read the way we should, it'll direct your steps. It'll direct your steps. And one of them is keeping us out of the ways of ungodliness and keeping us in the ways of holiness. Yes, correcting, training us in righteousness so that we can be thoroughly equipped thoroughly equipped to every good work. It's a a wonderful privilege to know that you and I as Christians can manifest the good works of Jesus in our lives because he's living in our hearts and we adore him by reading his word of God and living it. And that's just beautiful. Uh, It also says in 2 Peter 1 verse 21, for the prophecies come not in old time by the will of man, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, people think, well, it's just man's writing. Now, that's lowering the authoritativeness of the word way down. Say it's just man's writing. Holy men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The scripture says very plainly the Holy Ghost. So there we see God's holiness. We look there, holy men spoke words of the Holy Holy Ghost. So it, it aids us in knowing the will of God and how to live holy. It, uh, it also says in John 6, verse 38, it says, For I come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. This is Jesus speaking. And then verse 40 says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son believeth in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. So we read the words of Jesus and we see Jesus life and we believe in him. We believe that he died for our sins. We have everlasting life and you don't get it anywhere else. But from reading the words and knowing Jesus as your savior. And that's beautiful. That's wonderful that Jesus died for your sins and mine. That's why he was born. That's why he was born. No wonder says in John 6, 68. It says, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. That's beautiful. Jesus has the words of eternal life. And that's a life quality that you can never get anywhere else outside of giving your, surrendering your whole life to Jesus. It's the only way you get the abundant life, eternal life. And it's a life that eternal, and it starts now. It lasts through eternity, but it's a quality of life that only comes with knowing and loving and obeying and submitting and following Jesus. And what a privilege! Jesus' words is what we read the Word of God differently. It is the words of eternal life, it's Jesus. It's life breathing and it's ama- it's just a- amazing and it's wonderful we have that The wonder says in John 10 verse 30, I and my father are one and he said so you know we can read Jesus words and it's God speaking. It's not just Jesus it's God and, well and just Jesus is enough right but it's, it''s God speaking so it gives it authority and it gives wisdom uh, to it. And, uh, and so the author of the words of God are, are, are Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we can see that. We know that. John 20 verse 31 says, and these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name, the name of Jesus Christ. I tell you, when we read the Bible, it makes all the difference if you know the author. Because if you don't know the author, it'd be kind of like, why do people say it's boring? Or it's not relevant. Well, if you're a Christian, it's not boring, nor is it unrelevant. Because it is relevant to our life. There's It's wisdom. It's eternal life. And it means everything to us. See, God is our father. And so we love to follow him. And, and so we read the scripture. And we just love to read it. We know he shed his blood for us. How do you know that? By the word of God. You know that he rose again from the dead and is living today. How do you know that? Because you read it and you experience it, the living life. And it's so wonderful we can have that abundant life. What a tremendous blessing. Everyone can experience eternal life in Christ Jesus. Well, the word is unique in what it can do if it's permitted. John 15, 3 says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. It cleans up your life. Now, there's some certain rooms in in our milking parlor and in certain houses need to be a good clean to get scrubbed down. And so every now and then we need scrubbing down because we get around this world and we get around pollution and we get around unholiness. And he said, now are you clean through the word which I have spoken to you. A person that reads the word of God and knows Jesus as their savior and cares about following him and loves him, cannot live in unholiness. It's a paradox. It'll, it'll bring holiness into your life. And that's wonderful. Because really, we're not too good at just figuring out holiness ourselves. <laughs> but God is real good at figuring it out in your life. He's really good. Jesus is really good at figuring out how you and I can walk holy to that. Beautiful. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. John 15, 3. John 15, verse 7 says... If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall do, you shall ask what you will, it should be done unto you. Well, wow, what a tremendous privilege we have uh, to, to follow Jesus and to know his will in our lives. Well, <clears throat> the Bible is just so much more unique than any other book. It reveals the mind of Christ. It shows the defilement of evil and exposes Exposes sin, and what a tremendous blessing! You know, uh, you probably How many of you have read Pilgrim's Progress? You know what Pilgrim's Progress is. Well, most of you, you know, and I've read that through, and I maybe read it through twice. But you have to read it a number of times. It don't mean as much to you. I won't say it's boring. But it doesn't. It just it just loses its a lot of its meaning, uh, and you know, and I. I I read a lot of good books, try to, no, I say a lot, a few good books. I'm fortunate enough to get about maybe two or three a winter, but anyway, you know, I just don't have that much spare time, and, uh, and you know what, they're good, they're, they're edifying, and, uh, and I, I appreciate the ones that we can read, and, that certain places put out good books that, that, are, that build you up, and, uh, but there's nothing like the Word of God. How many of y'all read the Bible through in the last year, couple of years? Read it from cover to cover last. Okay, that's pretty good. It's a few of you. <clears throat> How many of you read it through cover to cover? Ever. Oh, sometime in your life, you read through yeah. now. It's a few more hands. A few more hands. Well, um, I would somebody's just promoting this reading the Bible through, aren't they? Somebody's promoting that. That that's a good thing. A number of years ago, many, many years ago, uh I said I'm going to try reading the Bible through in one year because you know I'm a slow reader. I want to tell you I'm a slower digester. Even I mean, because or is it, we we talked about reading it meditatively, okay? Well, if you're going to just skim read the Bible and not get anything from it, mm, I don't. That's not going to do you much good. Let's just put it that way. It's not going to do you much good. It can do you a little good, but you're not going to get. In other words, you need to be reading it. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? What? How can I live more like you? You know, how can I be strengthened in my spiritual walk? What do I need to keep away from? You know, I mean, you know, how can I be more of a blessing? How can I be more like Jesus? How can I do what you want me to do? And so I read it meditatively. So that year I decided I'm gonna read it through. And if I understand correctly, you gotta read like three chapters a day, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, five chapters. And that'll get you about to the, the to uh They'll get you a Bible too, and I read through a thing like this. I'll tell you why I use this thing because it, it gives about two chapters or two and a half in the Old Testament. It gives you one in the morning, one in, in the in the New Testament in the evening, so you get a balanced ration. If you know what I mean, now we know what that means if you're if you're a theoreman, but you might not know that otherwise because the Old Testament. Is the Old Testament, okay? We live in the day of grace in the New Testament. And if you if you read it straight through from cover to cover, you'll get the, the New Testament about October the 1st. That's a long time to stay on the New Testament, I promise you. You need to be feeding on the New Testament theology and doctrine of Jesus and grace and love and uh, and and the love of God and the care about sin. it's there in the New Testament too. And, and the woes of lukewarmness, that's on the New Testament. That's good food. That's what keeps you... Uh, uh, spiritually strong, and uh, so I decided to do that. Since I read slow, it took me about 30 minutes, and I think you should be able to read that in about 15 or 20, if I understand correctly, the Bible through daily. It, takes about, it took me about 30 to 35 minutes a day, because I wanted to read meditation. I wanted to mount to something, and I wanted to change me, and and then I spent a little time praying 45 minutes a day. <clears throat> Do you have 45 minutes? Enough? No, this is the only one to raise your hand. Do you have 45 minutes a day to do that? Every one of us do. Because you could put out something else. In fact, there's nothing more important than that 45 minutes a day. Because that see, we sing, we we adore him. You know, I tell you that revolutionized my life. I'll just tell you that did. I read it cover to cover, the Old Testament, New Testament, one year. Now I haven't did that every year. But I, I'd like to spend significant time because. If you dig and you read and you meditate more sometimes, well, you got, for me, you kind of got to skim read to get three chapters done a day, okay? Because my mind just can't absorb like 200 or 100 new thoughts every morning and then and absorb them and keep them and add that and add that. Next thing at the end of the week, you have 2,000 new thoughts. Well, that might work for you. That's good. But some of us are just good if we can keep one or two good ones and live. <laughs> well, I think God would be pleased if that would happen every day, actually. And, uh, but you know, how to to... Being in the Word of God will do something tremendous for you. I, I, that, get that Bible. Get that read that Bible through. How many how many of you plan to read the Bible through next year? How many plan to do that? Ah, that's good. That's good. About twice that many hands would even be better. And uh, but I know there's different ways. The main thing is that you're spending time in the Word of God. And like I say, I, I like this kind of program kind of because then when you read it and it hits you, you underline it. And any good Bible that you're reading should have lots of underlining in it. You know what I mean? Because it's speaking to you. That's why it's the words of life. You know, and, and it hit you. And you, you can read it through five times. And I don't know how many times I read this Bible through. And, you know, and you just get new ones and new ones. And, and so I like it. And then you read it. Oh, that was a good thought. And you know what you look up right there? Man, that's, that's just, it opens, it, it just works wonder. But I like this other one. I might do that just for a change of this other way of having it a separate Bible and a book, because that's good. It'll do something for you that nothing else will do for you. I wonder how it would be if we would subtract some things that aren't very important and inject reading the Word of God more. I wonder what would happen to us. I think it's pretty well known. Well, um William Evan stated in the book of books that God signed his name in the Old Testament 3,808 times by saying, thus saith the Lord, God said, and the word of God came unto me saying. It's kind of interesting. The Bible contains uh, 810,000 and some odd words, and this is about four times as many as are found in the average, the book of an av- uh, average Lent. Only 6,000 different words are used, which is a small compared to the 20,000 employed by Shakespeare in his, writing, in his writings. Not only is the vocabulary limited, but the average word in the Bible contains only about five letters. Many of those short words in the Bible are worthy of our earnest study, such as grace, peace, faith, save, serve, and Jesus. Yes, the Bible is amazing. You don't have to have a high school education to read the Word of God. All you got to do is have a driving desire to follow Him. All you got to have is a driving desire in about what a second grade or third grade education, something like that, can read most of them because um, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. The Word is a treasure chest and it meets the problems of fallen humanity. For the blues, what would you read? Said Psalm 27. You ever read that? You have, I know you don't have the blues, but maybe you have the yellows. I'm not sure what that's but it was just something that's not uh, you don't have the shines, in other words. Psalm 27. For an empty purse, read Psalm 37. You think the money's getting low. If you're discouraged about work, read Psalms 128. If people seem unkind to you, uh, people seem unkind to you, read John 15, especially verses 12 to 15. If you're losing confidence in people, read what? First Corinthians 13. I like that. If you're losing confidence in people, because you people do things you think, love them, love them anyhow. Yeah, beautiful. If you cannot have your own way, what would you read? There's tons to read. This one said James 3. And I read that out. James 3. You James 3 is about? It's your tongue. Now that's probably a problem with some of us, but the last half talks about godly wisdom versus evil wisdom. Don't read what it says. You know, we like our own way. Read James 3, especially the last half. If you're out of sorts, read Hebrews 12. God loves those he chastens, so he chastens you because he loves you so much. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? See, that's a square? It's amazing. See, you, 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 we do this, you know, we get kind of, the, you know, we get, we, we, uh, we get out of sorts and he says, oh, you know what? You're going through a rough time to help you look to me. Beautiful. You know how you know that? Read the word. That's how we know it. Yeah, read the word. When in sorrow, read John 14. When you've sinned, read Psalm 51. When you worry, read the whole Bible, but Matthew 6, 19 to 34 is good. Uh, when in uh." When you forget your blessings, read Psalms 103 because you don't deserve them, but he gave them to you anyhow, and he forgives your sins as far as the east is from the west. When you feel down and out, read, what would you read, down and out? Tons of them, but He said Romans 8, 31 to 39, that's a beautiful passage. And when you want rest and peace, read Matthew 11. Come to me, all ye that labor in the heavenly, and I will give you rest. Yes, peace, for assurance, it should be 1 John 5, 13, but it said, you know what it says? For short, it's Romans 8, 1 to 30. Follow the Spirit. Follow the Spirit, not the flesh. Oh, it's beautiful. When you, uh, when you think uh, of investments and returns, read Mark ten seventeen to 31. For a great invitation and a great opportunity, read Isaiah 55. Clicking, I hope it's clicking. For the prophet's picture of worship that counts... <laughs> Isaiah 58, read that, 1 to 12. See, the, 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 what's beautiful is the Bible has answers for all of our problems. That's just beautiful. We think, well, you know what? I need to buy whatever, you know. <laughs> but you, he has, there is principles related to every major thing you do in your life. There's biblical principles. To relate to it everything, everything you do, whether you buy a house or you sell a car and buy another one, and and whether you want a new stove or whether you want to remodel your house or whether you uh, want to go on a long vacation and waste a lot of money and or a short one and you know, and which is always options. You know what I mean? The devil beckons all the time, and what God says, hey, there's a good path of stewardship. There's a good way of living that gives me glory. Says that we know that, and you know he tells us how to to uh, discipline our lifestyle. He don't tell us exactly because that's why he don't cookie cut us all. But he says, "Look, you're going. If you follow me, you bear his cross." You know we don't know anything about that unless we read the Word of God. And then when the Holy Spirit speaks, we start learning the journey. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I hope we have the appetite of the psalmist, where the psalmist said in Psalm one nineteen. Uh, verses 129 through 33, it says, Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul will keep them. Thy word, it is wonderful. That'll keep you If you have a spare time, you know what? You'll read the word. I think the psalmist was into the word constantly. Well, he didn't have much of the word, but he wrote a lot, the psalms for sure. The interest of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple, you want to be wise and well learned? Set at the feet of Jesus. Reading your word. See, you know, maybe, oh, you still need to set at the feet of Jesus. You can. Every day you can read the words of life. That's the words of Jesus. What a blessing. I opened my mouth and panted, for I long for thy commandments. Could that be said of me? Look thou upon me and be merciful unto me as thou used to do. Unto those that love Thy, as Thou used to do it, to those that love Thy name, order my steps in Thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Never, any saint that is serious about his Christian walk doesn't not want to live in sin. They abhor sin. They don't want to do that because that mars our relationship with Jesus, and that makes the word seem unappealing and it, it's it's undesirable. He said. Order my steps by thy word. In other words, he read it with a, a totally different desire than he read any other book because he knows it gives the strength for life, it gives sense of, of direction, it tells you where to go and how to do what to do, it tells you what not to do. It's not a no-book, but when you when you focus on Jesus, the worldly allurements are drawing in and being taken up. It, it makes us completely different. It makes us—it's uh, it, a completely different book. And I read a few farm magazines, and I tell you right now, I can easy as everything say that won't work on our farm. Don't, <laughs> and so you know, I get my pen knife and I just cut it out. In, in other words, I don't really literally, but I do. But you know the Bible? You know some people say they don't like it, and so they reject it, and that's what they're doing. And modern Protestant, uh, Protestant Christendom is doing that a lot today. They're saying, look, I don't that, that that don't fit today. That was for back then. You might as well just cut it out, and that don't work. See, they're for us, and they're relevant. The Bible is relevant for Americans in 2021. Amen? I always remember that. It will meet your need. It will meet your need yesterday, it will meet today, and it will meet tomorrow. It'll give you the food and strength you need spiritually for today. And if you're struggling and weak, get into the Bible. If you're on top of it, stay in the Bible, okay? Because it makes it makes a world of difference. There's a lot of other dynamics, but if you lose this one, you're, you're losing your vital fellowship with God Almighty. And it's critical. It's a blessing to realize that God Almighty wants to talk to you and have a personal relationship and personal communication with you is a tremendous privilege. The man cares that much about you, he says, I'm going to talk to you. And you know what? When you read that Bible, it might say something different to you than it does to me. Because you know why? It speaks to my current problems. It speaks to my current needs. That's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. Some of the few of the benefits of quality time with the Lord, it will make you a strong Christian. 1 John 2 12. It will assure you of salvation. 1 John uh, 5 13. It will give you confidence and power in prayer. 1 John 5 14. It's amazing how many these have 1 John. It will cleanse you from sin. Psalms uh, 119, nine, right? 119, 9. Let's see, how's that go? Well, child, a, a young person, I mean, a person cleans their ways. I know it says a young man, doesn't it? Man, yeah, wherewithal is the right word to start word. And what does it say? By taking heed into the word of God, yes. It'll give you joy. You need joy? Almost every Christian needs a little extra dose of joy now, right? It'll give you joy. Walking in fellowship with Jesus brings a security and a settledness, yea, Peace and joy that nothing else can give. Is that true? A few of y'all risking it. Yeah, it really does. And I tell you, we need to remember that walking with Jesus has everything to do with the joy of your life. Everything to do with it. And you won't have it without reading the word of God on a regular basis. You just won't have it. You'll be parting from the path. Mm Mm-mm. I don't know if I said this here before, I like to say it every now and then. I had had a girlfriend once upon a time, I can say this this morning, because she's my bride. And uh, she went to teach Bible school over in some foreign country. It was actually just West Virginia, brother John. (laughs) And uh, and she's back there and and, and she, she was good at writing letters and she'd write me a letter every several days. And I never could write a letter. I mean, it never was good. I can talk on the phone a few minutes. But writing a letter just like, that's oppressive and discouraging and whatever else. And, uh, and so I'd get that letter every now and then. And uh, I never, I never was tempted to sit on the shelf and wait till tomorrow to read it. Never was tempted one time. Never, never come in my mind. Uh, you know, because I'll tell you what I did do. I would read it, I mean from top to bottom. And you're talking about peace and joy. I'm not sure about the peace, but the joy I can tell you about it. It was overflowing, and uh, it was wonderful. You know what to tell you? Then I'd read it again, and you know what happened? It got better every time. And next thing I would read it, and then the like third or fourth time, I would read between the lines, and then it got better yet. You, I will tell you, you can do that with this Bible. You can read it and reread it and you can read between the lines how much God loves you. went we'll do it? You know what? It'll get better every time. Amen. This is the only book I know that you that I know some old people that read like the Bible. Sixty times through. And they will say beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I found this way, but I haven't read it sixty times through, or maybe a dozen or two, that you you'll get inspirations that just thrill you like it's the first time you ever read it. And you've read it a dozen times or more. You know that? If you read it meditatively and you read it to be inspired and you read it and ask the Holy Spirit, and I do this a lot, uh, not every time, but Lord, may your spirit open my eyes to something new today. And God wants to deliver when you pray that he will deliver. And that makes the word of God exciting. And so, you know, and so you can read it and you would love to read it. I'll tell you, it's God's love letter to you. To mankind, which is me and you. And he loves you. Now, I'm not sure where I was at, but there's more points here in this thing. It will guide you and make important decisions in your life. truly does. In other words, there is no major decision you make where the Bible doesn't have numerous principles to apply to it. If you can't figure them out, ask somebody else that's spiritual minded and they'll help you. Because it's true and I just love it. So it helps us it will enable you to articulate your faith because you're living it and practicing it. First Peter 3:15. It will guarantee you spiritual success. And that's beautiful, and that's what God wants. Job said <clears throat> some interesting words. Neither have I gone back from thy commandments for from the commandments of thy lips. I will esteem the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Ah, I tell you, that must have been a real man of God. Well, you know what the description of Job was at the start of the book? It would be good if we could all be described that way. I think God would like if we live in such a way that we could be described like Job. It's blameless. Blameless. In all his doings. But he said, basically, before I eat breakfast, I'm into the word. I esteem thy words more important than my necessary food. And, uh, and I think that's a good principle. Now, if at all possible, I'm not saying it's always possible, but if it is possible, because the uh, people, Americans like food a lot. And I'm not sure if you're American or not, but you probably like food. And, you know, and, you know, get in this habit of eating three times a day and we just need it so bad. <clears throat> what would happen if you read the Bible a sincere amount for three times a day? I think, I think you'd be amazed what would happen, be amazed, well, I wonder if we ate food the way we nibble on the Bible, excuse me, but yeah, I hope it, you're not a nibbler, uh, that uh, what would happen, we, we might be all scrawny, I mean, for all I know, I mean, hmm, so how are we spiritually, you know, see, it directly correlates, it directly correlates, uh, you know, we want strength. And I tell you, friends, if ever we need the, the leading of the Lord in strength spiritually, it's always been important. But we have bombardments from evil. Really, we we've had it, we get it close home. Okay, I'll just say it that way. We really do. And, and I'm not sure what God has planned. But I know that he did say, I'm going to build my church and he, he'll work in your heart. And mine to be victorious today. I know that. And I tell you friends. There's going to be a remnant. Oh. Because I just looked up. There's going to be a remnant. We can be part of the 11%. The 11% of America, That's going kind to of surprise 11% of Americans read the Bible every day. And I hope you're part of that 11%. Because that's the remnant. Let me tell you another thing it said. It says over half of the United States. Um, Americans do not read the Bible at all, or almost never. Over half, over half, we live in a heathen, pagan nation, and that's why you never look around for the world and say I'm living a little better than them. I mean, that's that is is heathenism. Nine uh, percent, so there's a small percent, maybe forty percent, that read the Bible some. Nine percent read once a month, once a week, and nine percent more read it once a month. Okay, so that's 18 more percent that just read it casually. I mean, they'd be kind of, they'd, get, they'd just read their Sunday school lesson, you know, or something like that. And that'd be lukewarm Christian at, at best. How many of you read the book Into Their Hands at Any Cost by Harvey Oder? Good, there's a few of you. You need to read the book. Okay. If you I mean, read this book, okay? <laughs> but if you have a no little spare time rather than looking at other gadgetries and stuff. Read good books. Because those people, and this wasn't that long ago, they were willing to sacrifice their lives for the people in communist Europe and communist countries over there. They risked their lives to get the Bible to those people. Rest their lives. And you know what those people would do when they got a Bible? They would say, oh, now i got a Bible. I mean like the New Testament, okay? And, and they would, and this happened in a number of different times. They would give one person a page, one person a page, and one person a page to the congregation, okay? And they would stay up at night because if you got caught, either jail time or your life, one or the other, and depending on what the authorities would say, and they would write it again so that they could pass that page on, to the next soul, believer that loved the Lord, and they would keep it, the one ahead to themselves. See, they loved the author. They loved the author, and they treasured his words. They treasured his words. They have to think, it's so easy to get busy. Busy? Doing what? I mean, these people were serving the Lord, and they cared about them. They would lose sleep. To print it out so their fellow believers could have another page next Sunday. And then I cringe when I look at my own lifestyle. And then, you know, I don't have time. And God must wonder what is wrong with American lifestyle? It's been messed up by Satan, it's been infiltrated by laziness. And there, where's the fervency of Jesus going? You know, where's that passion and love that it takes to say true? Friends, we can be one of those. And 11% that read the Bible daily because we love him. We're going to serve him faithfully. We want to be true to him. And we can't do that without Jesus in our hearts and a passion and love for him. Now, I am going. To, I have a few of these if you want them. I'm going to set them around here somewhere. If you want a few of these, no obligation. It's just up to you. But if, or if you like to read your Bible, underline it so it, it just opens up. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. You got an opportunity to do that? Let's be genuine about serving Jesus. The war is on, and there's going to be a few that are going to win, and they got to do what it takes, and you and I can be part of that group. God bless you.